Here we are, once again, <coughs> back on the Looking Looking Podcast, with me, your host, Amir Huggins. Well, as you may have heard in the trailer, China condemns U.S. as Taiwan welcomes lifting of curbs on ties. So the U.S. and Taiwan are getting closer and China is condemning the United States for it. Well, it's interesting because China condemns the United S- condemned the United States on Monday for scrapping curbs on interactions with Taiwan officials, saying no one could prevent China's reunification, while Taiwan's foreign minister held, hailed the U.S. move as a sign of global partnership. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced the charge on Saturday in the warning waning days of the Republican Trump administration before Democrat Joe Biden assumes the presidency on January 20th. China, which claims democratic Taiwan as its own territory, said it was resolutely opposed to the decision and condemned it. The Chinese people's resolve to defend our sovereignty and territorial integrity is unshakable, and we will not permit any person or force to stop the process of Chinese reunification, Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijing told reporters. Any actions which harm China's core interests will be met with a firm counterattack and will not succeed. China's widely read Global Times tabloid published by the ruling Communist Party's official People's Daily warned in a commentary against any plan by Pompeo to visit Taiwan before Biden's inauguration, saying the Chinese response would be overwhelming. U.S. State Department spokeswoman Morgan Ortegas responded in a tweet by saying there were no such plans and a visit by Pompeo to Europe would be his last during the Trump presidency. There are no plans to travel to Taiwan this week, but we will continue our consistent support for Taiwan as a successful market economy, vibrant democracy, and force for good in the world, Ortegas said. On Wednesday, the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Kelly Kraft, will arrive in Taipei for a three-day visit that China has denounced. Kraft's visit is highly symbolic, as Taiwan is not a member of the United Nations or most global bodies. Because of Chinese objections, Beijing says only it has the right to speak for Taiwan on the international stage. Taiwan Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said 
he and President Tsai Ing-wen would meet Kraft on Thursday, adding that discussing ways to promote Taiwan's international participation would be a topic during the visit. They called it a big thing. Taiwan welcomed Pompeo's announcement of the scrapping of curbs on interactions with Wu, telling reporters it was a big thing. He added, Taiwan-U.S. relations have been elevated to a global partnership. The foreign ministry will not let our guard down and hopes to continue to boost the development of Taiwan-U.S. ties. Like most countries, the United States has no official ties with Taiwan, though it is bound by laws to provide the island with which with the means to defend itself under President Donald Trump, it has ramped up arms sales and sent senior officials to Taipei. But Pompeo's decision means, for example, that Taiwan officials will be held to hold it will be able to hold meetings at the State Department or White House rather than in on non-official locations elsewhere, such as hotels. Chinese state media lambasted the decision. The Global Times said China must send a stern warning to Taiwan. Those on the island of Taiwan must not take for granted that they can seek secession with the help of the last-ditch madness of an administration abandoned by the Americans. On the contrary, such madness is very likely to bring them annihilation, it said. Trump is a popular figure in Taiwan because of his backing for the island. However, the government has reassured people that strong ties will not change under Biden, pointing to vigorous bipartisan U.S. support for Taiwan. Still, Pompeo's move in Kraft's visit... <clears throat> have prompted concern in some circles in Taiwan, where there is a broad cross-party consensus on maintaining strong U.S. ties, and there have long been worries Trump may sacrifice Taiwan for a deal with China. On Saturday, former President Ma Jingzhou told media that Kraft's trip was only designed to needle Beijing and simply a show of surface friendship with no practical use. Late on Sunday, Johnny Zhang, 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 chairman of the main opposition Kuomintang party, which traditionally favors close relations with China, said a key test would be whether Biden's government maintains Pompeo's changes. Let's not become a bargaining chip in the game between the United States and mainland China, he said. This was an article from Reuters by Yu Lin Tian and Yimo Li. And that is our partnership of the day. Next up, Stacey Abrams and her new legal thriller. Um... This is Entertainment Weekly by C.J. Rankin. We already know that Stacey Abrams is one of, if not the hardest working and most inspiring people in America, but her list of accomplishments is about to get even longer. While she spent most of last year, along with her team at Fair Fight and countless other organizers, getting out the vote in her home state of Georgia, 
re-enfranchising communities and basically saving democracy, she also wrote a new novel. Abrams is not new to the publishing world, of course. In addition to her best-selling nonfiction tomes, Our Time is Now and Led from the Outside, she penned eight romance novels under the pen name Selena Montgomery. Before they became ministers, my mother was a librarian and my dad was an avid storyteller, she tells Entertainment Weekly. So my five siblings and I became ferocious readers. Ferocious, voracious readers, you know. Storytelling has always been a part of who I am. But her latest, While Justice Sleeps, enters a new territory for her. It's a breakneck legal thriller. It follows Avery Keene, a law clerk in Washington, D.C. Who finds herself involved in a controversial court case surrounding an American biotech company and an Indian genetics firm. And a potential conspiracy that reaches to the deepest level of the government. I'm excited to step inside the world of legal suspense novels and political thrillers with while Justice Sleeps, Abraham says. The tensions of political politics and power are the core of this story. People scrambling for leverage and desperate to win and having been a young lawyer myself once. I explore what it means to have authority but no real power. How do you navigate those spaces when there is work to be done and you're it? The novel doesn't hit shelves until May 11th, but Entertainment Weekly is exclusively revealing the eye-catching cover right now, which you can check out below. This is a great article from Entertainment Weekly, great exclusive interview. Um, you know, you can always find these on my Twitter. And that was our justice of the day and then we have Yemen US to designate Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization the Trump administration will designate Yemen's Houthi rebels as a foreign terrorist organization and to move the diplomat members diplomats members of Congress and international aid groups fear could further inflame the situation on the ground up in UN peace talks and exacerbate the country's humanitarian crisis. This is written by Jennifer Hassler, Kylie Atwood, and Chandless Duster from CNN. In a statement released just before midnight Sunday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that the State Department would notify Congress of its intent to designate the group as a foreign terrorist organization, as well as specifically designated global terrorist entity. Pompeo said that he also intends to designate three of the group's leaders, Abdul Malik al-Houthi, Abdul al-Khalik, Badar al-Din al-Houthi, and Abdullah Yahya al-Hakim as specially designated global terrorists. These designations will provide additional tools to confront terrorist activities and terrorism by Ansarallah Allah, a deadly Iran-backed militia group in the Gulf region. Pompeo said the designations are intended to hold Ansarallah Allah Allah, the Houthi rebels, 
accountable for its terrorist acts, including cross-border attacks, threatening civil civilian populations, infrastructure, and commercial shipping. Yemen has been embroiled in a years-long civil war that has pitted a coalition backed by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates against the Iran-backed Houthi rebels, a Shia political and military organization from the north of Yemen, the conflict has cost thousands of civilian lives and plunged the country into a humanitarian crisis. The group's leadership condemned the designations, which were praised by Yemen's Saudi-backed government. The news was also welcomed by the Saudi and Emirati governments. Some sources believe that the designation was a parting gift to Riyadh in Abu Dhabi, the foreign terrorist designation will go into effect on January 19th, just before the administration leaves office. A big mistake was called by, said by a former U.S. ambassador to Yemen, Gen- Gerald Feierstein, it's mostly a problem for the U.S. government, more than for the Houthis. The Houthis will be more or less unaffected, Obviously, Iran doesn't care whether we designate the Houthis as a terrorist organization or not, he told CNN Monday. But it does make it much more complicated for the U.S. government to play a positive role in helping to resolve the conflict. The move was rebuked by Democratic and Republican lawmakers. Democratic House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Gregory Meeks calls the designation short-sighted and accused the administration of politicizing sanctions authorities. Republican Senator Todd Young said it comes at the worst possible time as it will prevent the critical delivery of food, medical supplies, and other necessary items to combat both COVID-19 and famine. The top Republicans on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and House Foreign Affairs Committee, Senator Jim Risch and Representative Michael McCall, said in a joint statement they fully support efforts to compel the Houthis to end their dangerous and destabilizing behavior, but are concerned designating them as a foreign terrorist organization without mitigation measures in place will have devastating humanitarian impacts. One congressional aide said that a Monday call with State Department officials about the action was an absolute dumpster fire and that the designation appeared rushed out without proper assurances that it wouldn't go in significant damage to the ability to deliver crucial outside humanitarian assistance to the war-torn country. A State Department spokesperson told CNN they don't comment on internal deliberations of our conversations with Congress. The United Nations warned in December that the number of people facing catastrophic food insecurity could triple in the first six months of 2021, and the opportunity to prevent famine in Yemen is slipping away with every day that passes in the words of the World Food Program Executive Director. Pompeo said in the statement that the United States is planning to put in place measures, willing to place measures, planning to put in in place measures 
to reduce their impact on certain humanitarian activities and imports into Yemen. We have expressed our readiness to work with relevant officials at the United Nations, with international and non-governmental organizations and other international donors to address the implications, he said. International aid group swiftly condemned the 11th hour move of several international aid groups. And the head of the International Rescue Committee called the decision pure diplomatic vandalism. This policy is the name of tying up the Houthis. will actually tie up the aid community and international diplomacy. The opposite is needed. Effective pressure on all parties to the conflict to cease using civilians as hostages in their war games. David Miliband said, the further immiseration of Yemenis, which will be the product of this policy, is a disgrace to the name of the U.S. and will have the perverse result of strengthening precisely the forces it claims to oppose. Mercy Corp CEO Chada Dion the Trump administration's designation of the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization will undermine the overstretched humanitarian response in Yemen, threatening the lives of millions of Yemenis who rely on humanitarian assistance. Oxfam's America's humanitarian policy lead, Scott Paul, said this dangerous policy will put innocent lives at risk. The Norwegian Refugee Council said the sanctions will hamstring the ability of aid agencies to respond and without additional safeguards and broader exemptions for the commercial sector, Yemen's faltering economy will be dealt a further devastating blow. Getting food and medicine into Yemen, a country 80% dependent on imports, will become even more difficult. NRC Yemen Country Director Muhammad Abdi said in a statement on Monday, We are calling on the U.S. government to provide unambiguous safeguards and guarantees so that the humanitarian aid can still be delivered without delays and across conflict territories regardless of what is in control, who is in control, and protect aid workers from being criminalized. Even if humanitarian organizations are able to continue to operate in the country, a source familiar with the situation noted that it could deter the shippers who bring affordable food to the population in Houthi-controlled areas of the country as the rebels control the docks and customs in the key port city of Habdaya. They provide food to 15 million people who are now one step closer to famine because of this, this source says. Biden's ability to reverse decisions, some of the organizations called on President-elect Joe Biden to reverse the decision with Paul of Oxfam, saying, In this instance, acting one day on day one cannot only be a figure of speech as lives hang in the balance. Fierstein, the former U.S. ambassador in Yemen, who also worked on counterterrorism issues at the State Department said that while bureaucracy
bureaucratically, bureaucratically, it is possible for Biden to reverse the foreign terrorist organization designation. It is also a question of politics and bandwidth. You have the Trump administration saying these people are terrorists, and now requires the Biden people to come in and say, no, they're not terrorists, he said. And that is fraught, and it requires a political decision they may not be willing to make. And when the other reality, and then the other reality is, look, Joe Biden and his administration are going to have a gazillion things that are going to occupy their time. And, um, attentions that are going to be higher on their priority list than the Houthi designation. And so it's not so much a question of can they do it, will they do it, it's also a question of when they can get around to it, and I'm not sure that the answer is going to be very quickly, Fairstein said. So, the source familiar echoed this, noting that the incoming administration cannot be seen to coddle one of the most abusive insurgent movements in the world. Houthi leader Muhammad Ali al-Houthi condemned the designation on Twitter Monday, saying we reserve the right to respond against any designation issued by the Trump administration or any other administration. He did not provide further detail of how the group is planning to respond. The source familiar with the situation said it is likely that the Houthis will retaliate and that they could do so by breaking up the UN peace talks, banning UN entities, or taking hostages. The UN spokesperson said they are concerned that the designations may have a detrimental impact on efforts to resume the political process in Yemen as well as polarize even more the positions of the parties to the conflict. Notwithstanding possible political repercussions, we will continue to work with all parties to resume and continue an exclusive political process to reach a comprehensive negotiated settlement to end the conflict, they said. Yemen's Saudi-backed government expressed support for the U.S. government's designation. The government will continue to provide full support to all U.N.-led efforts to reach a comprehensive peace, it said on Twitter. So there you have it, and that's our piece of the day. I hope everyone is staying healthy, staying happy, working hard, and getting ready for a world free of war, free of injustice, and filled with partnership. Signing out.